Hallelujah. Amen. So today, me and my gorgeous wife. Okay, I'll try again. Me and my gorgeous wife are going to be doing small, small tag team. Amen. How are you, sweetheart? I'm great. How's everyone doing? Yes. I can't hear you guys. How's everyone doing? Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. So today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Um, as you all know, we are in a time of um, this whole year we have committed to reading the word. Everybody say, hey. hey. No, you guys don't sound enthusiastic. Okay, you're going to have to do that again. Everyone say, hey. Hey. Um, and so this month we are in the book of Matthew um, and the title of this challenge that we're doing is a new word which is based off of Luke 11 verses 3 which says give us each day our daily bread our daily bread that meaning um, for us is that God is able to give us a new word each and every day. Just as he provided for the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness and he provided fresh manna each day, except for the seventh day, which was a day that was a Sabbath for them. Um, and so he would provide double on a Saturday, hallelujah, so that it would run them through onto the Sabbath day. There's a word up in there already. My gosh, overflow, hallelujah. Um, but he will provide overflow for the children of Israel is the same way right now in this, in this time that we can experience that same thing through the word. And so the word of God is so, so important. Um, I'm going to read a few scriptures um, before um, we get into it. But Psalms 119 verses 9 to 11 in the Amplified Version, which Tony read so beautifully and led us through prayer. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping watch on himself according to your word? Everyone say word. word. Conforming his life to your precepts. With all my heart, I have sought you, inquiring of you and longing for you. Do not let me wander from your commandments, neither through ignorance nor by willful disobedience. Your word, everyone say your word. I have treasured and stored in my heart that I may not sin against you. Uh, Hebrews 4 verses 12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Everyone say the word. The word. We need the word. I'm not talking about the three-minute clip you see on Instagram, okay? I'm talking about you getting into the word. We need the word to keep us pure. We need the word to uh, conform our lives to it. We need the word so that there isn't no ignorance and willful disobedience. We need the word treasured and stored in our hearts, amen? And so there is this call for us as disciples to be people, children that consume his word. We can pray, pray, handa mashanda each and every day. But where the real power is, is in the word as well. Right? It elevates our prayer life. Amen. And so 
I want you to turn to the person next to you and just simply ask them, we're gonna, this is the first part, we're going into twos or threes, right? How have you found reading the word? The new word, new word challenge, if you haven't been with us in our Sunday sessions and you're new here, um, how, how is the word for you? How are you reading the word? Amen, everyone got that? So you're asking, you're checking in. We're checking in with each other. How are you finding the word, the new word challenge? Have you been slipping? Have you been not slipping? Like, are you reading your word daily? Let's talk. Awesome, awesome. I want to hear what everyone's talking about in the room. We'll start over on this side. Um, Lola and Bim look like they were having a good conversation. Alex, any... Lola, go ahead. Yeah, Lola. Woo! You can stand. Um, Bim was preaching. (laughs) Bim was speaking about, I think it was Matthew 13, where Jesus said, don't let something about the yeast with the Pharisees. And she was saying that um, we shouldn't let the past, let the past, what God has done for you in the past, inform your future. Because he was saying to the the disciples um, that they, they had, basically he was saying that I'm, I'm the bread that you guys need, and they weren't getting it. After all of the miracles he had done, they still didn't get the message. And she was saying that we forget what he's done, and we don't let it increase our faith for what we want him to do. Um, and I was saying, I was begging and crying, please let me go to uni, please, I want to go to uni, please let me get in. <laughs> now I'm here, I'm begging for a job. <laughs> let what he's done in the past inform my faith yeah. for the future. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, I love that. And have you guys been keeping up with the challenge every day? <laughs> that's right that's right get it girl get it girl um let's go damola's group Woo! <laughs> you're on your own <laughs> um hey everyone um how did we find it uh so i think we so i think we kind of concluded that like matthew's a dense book it's like very dense it's like 30 chapters very heavy chapters um, let, let me be real. Let, let, let me be real. Um, and I think for me, I think I've kind of almost had to like break up every chapter, maybe in like a day or two. So it might take me a couple of days to read a chapter, just because like I think I'm trying to be conscious about reading, but also applying, um, and not just reading, reading, get knowledge, but not apply it. Um, so I think I'm on maybe like maybe a few by a few, maybe like seven chapters behind, but we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. Thank you guys, same, yeah, shout out, shout out. I'm not encouraging that, but anyway. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me that stuck out uh, has actually been the one I uh, read yesterday about um, the, I think it was the leper, or I think Jesus healed a couple of people on that day. Um, and no, it was the faith of the Roman, of, of the Roman officer. And I think one of the things that I see is that they actually trusted in the authority and the power of God Um, and it's something that I actually am taking on because for them to have faith they had to believe he could do it and there's a scripture that says like be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power so I think for me even thinking about that and actually like taking that in because I'm believing like healing for somebody now and it's like they were able to believe that God had the authority and the power so I think that's really blessed me this uh this week so good love that love that come on clap Leticia let's go to you what were y'all talking about oh hello hi everyone my name is Eno um we haven't 
me and my friend are basically new, so we haven't been doing the Matthew challenge, but um, I was kind of explaining that last year I started my own challenge, which is like a 100 days read a chapter a day challenge. And so I was doing it with New Testament and now I'm come back to Genesis. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Like I've missed a couple of days, but I'm learning that even in the chapters that you think are nothing, like it's this person begat this person, begat this person. Like <laughs> you're still able, like God is still able to speak to you even in those. So like, don't just skip through it. Actually ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Um, but we were just talking about in general and it was a really encouraging conversation, just like, it is difficult to be consistent, but it's possible. God has given us the grace and not to be hard on ourselves. But um, like things like this, like conversations like this even encourage us to go again. Um, so yeah, the accountability, the fellowship, all of that is really helpful when it comes to reading the word. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that you used the key word consistency. Consistency, because even though Matthew is really, really dense, as Damola has explained it. Um, chop it up, you know what I mean? 15 verses in the morning, another 10 verses in during your lunch break, and the last verses before you go to bed, because there's this consistent, you're getting the word in you. But the moment like we lose track of what we're doing, it's almost like it's a domino effect, and we start, it starts affecting every other day and then before we know it it's been four days since we were in the word and it we're supposed to be in the word daily the bible says in psalms one you know meditating on the lord day and night and so there's this call for us to always be in the word and so whatever you have to do to be in the word be in it right be in it tailor it to your own self but be in the word it's like life and death amen <laughs> it's your pulse it's it's what you need to stay healthy spiritually and to flourish spiritually um we're gonna go to moyo what's I, yeah you knew you knew <laughs> Woo, moyo, woo! um so confession <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been doing the Mappy challenge, but I've been doing my own mm. challenge. Um, so I think just kind of adding on to what you said about, I think, consistency, um, even the kind of the bits that are a little bit harder to read or you don't really understand the context. I think when you do find yourself in maybe a stressful situation, you can always kind of come back and sit down and reflect. Well, that's what I've been doing anyway. I don't know, what did I read today? Mm. And how can I kind of apply it? into today into what I'm going through and I think that's really been helping me be consistent because I'm actually seeing it work tangibly in my life if that makes sense so yeah that's what I'll say that's good that's good round of applause we'll go over here somewhere someone you can volunteer yourself oh Malachi all eyes are on you <laughs> praise the Lord um, so, Angela and I, it's Angela's first time. <laughs> so, we discussed, um, for myself, I said Matthew seems to be more of an expository study as into the character of Christ and how he thought and articulated himself. And what's just been standing out to me, I'm up to date, by the way. No shade, oh wow. <laughs> he said, by the way. <laughs> no, but, um, Go ahead, bro. I think it's, what stands out to me is the way 
he spoke to certain people, knowing them intimately enough to be able to speak directly to how they would fully comprehend them, but still choosing to use parables. And we live in a world of misinformation. There's a lot of ambiguity in what people are actually saying to you. The media's pumping something to you, the government's pumping something else to you. It requires a certain level of deduction and wisdom to be able to permeate the surface level and understand what they're really saying. And I think that by virtue of him speaking the way he spoke to the people he did in Matthew, it's equipped us to be able to discern the deeper meanings of things and not be carried away and swept away by the surface level message or propaganda that we're seeing. Mm. Um, Angela gave me a really great insight. She said that, because we both grew up reading KJV, vows and dusts and showers and showers. <laughs> <laughs> so when she got the revelation to try different versions, it started to minister to her differently. And then I also added that the Bible wasn't written in verse and chapter. So it's important to have the full context of what, who was God speaking to, what was his message to these people, what were they doing culturally at that point in time, so you can fully apply that knowledge to yourself and that wisdom to yourself. That's good. That's good. Woo. Malachi came to preach, to preach, to preach. Faith Sarah, whilst you have the mic, you might as well share on the behalf. Oh, God, hallelujah. Okay, um, so Katrina and I, who are we talking about? So we were talking about being gracious to ourselves. So mm. for me, the challenge has been very um, intrusive. I feel like it's really caused me to look very internally and address the hidden parts of my heart that, I knew were there, but I didn't necessarily want to address. So it's been very like exposing. But even in that, like I've I've been able to understand the grace of God because He's revealed it, but He hasn't condemned me. He's revealed mm, it, and so and it's good. and it's redeeming, and it's like bringing me back to His heart and His character. So also just training myself to be as gracious as God is to me. Mm. Um, and Katrina was saying the same thing in that she studies things different ways she doesn't you know study or have the attention that everybody has mm. um but god actually using that to take her on a different way and like cause her to study matthew or whatever scripture she's in differently and again not being condemned because that's not how everyone else does it but actually understanding that her makeup and her individuality god is using to mm. cause her to explore the scriptures differently mm. um so yeah so good that's, that's woo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's really, I, I love hearing the thoughts that are in the room. I think there's something to be said about what happens when we share as a community. Yeah. Um, when we break bread, the scripture says in Acts chapter 2, verses 42, it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. One of the elements was that fellowship, you know, being able, us being able to fellowship together, to go through, you know, the scriptures together. And I think as a community, so us good. reading the book of Matthew, it's like we're in one mind, you know what I mean? One mind about what we're reading as a community and we're together in this, like, yo, Matthew was, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> Matthew 6 really, really hit me. You know what I mean? Like being able, and that's why we said in your tap groups outside of A&T, you know, you're able to be like, guys, I'm feeling heavy conviction. Like help me out, pray for me. Do you know what I mean? Because this as a community, and it that's says good. that as a community that there were souls that were added. And so I think there's something to be said about 
what we do together amongst us and the expression or the what that that light that it shines on people that are looking at us does that make sense and so i really love what you said about studying the bible and everyone being unique and being different yeah. that's why i always say like sometimes it's though we're doing the challenge it is also obviously you're going to have also things that the lord speaks to you outside of this challenge as well scriptures and stuff like that but always leaning into your season what 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 topic do you need to explore for this season that you're in make your quiet time you know, I don't like using this word, but I'll use it like, make it appealing, make it sexy. You know what I mean? Like, make it, make it attractive. Do you get what I mean? Like, actually, I know that in the presence of God, when I come with my fears, when I come with what's happening, I know the Lord's going to speak to me specifically because I'm studying something that relates to where I'm at right now. So on top of what I'm reading, I'm studying the word of God. I'm studying the kingdom, Jesus. I've also got something that speaks like specifically to my situation does that make sense and so the word of god doesn't have to be grueling but there is like it's something to be said about the discipline day by day getting into the word amen amen and so did you want to add something no oh Okay. I'll take it somewhere else, amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> discipline. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the discipline that we need. And so now I want us to go into tap groups. Like I said, there's God can move in how we break up the scriptures, amen. This is a little bit different. And the reason why me and Pastor Ayo decided to do this this week is that it's easy for us to go Sunday by Sunday, mm-hmm. hearing a sermon, going through the scriptures, but not actually catching it not actually taking a moment to soak it in. Like, what are you actually learning? How are you actually applying it to your word? This year, like, we want to be super practical as well as spiritual. Amen? Amen. So, it's not church as usual. So, group one. So, from Damola down, including Lola, you are group one. You are going to be reading, if you can pull it up for me, Matthew 14 from verses 22 to 33. Right? Got that? Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. From Iman all the way to Taiwo, y'all are group two. And you are going to be reading Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20. It's Matthew 15, verses 1 to 20. Um, from Moyo, Shola at the back, Josiah, Mofe, <laughs> um, uh, you are group three, and you're going to be reading Matthew 16 from verses 24 to 28. Matthew 16 from verses 24 to 28. And then group three, sorry, what's your name, sorry? Jay. Um, right down to um, Leke, you're going to be reading Matthew 17 from verses 14 to 21. Matthew 17, verses 14 to 21. Amen? And the questions, you're going, you're going to have a discussion. You're going to read it through together. But the, what you're going to be asking one another um, during that time as well is, what resonates with you most about the text? If you can go to the next slide, Azaze. What resonates with you most about the text? So what sticks out to you? What stands out to you? Number two, what are you learning about God through the text? What are you learning about God through the text? And number three, how can you apply what you've read to your everyday life? And then we're going to um, resume in a, well, 
I'll give you about 10, 15 minutes to do that. Once you guys go in, you're not going to want to stop. Amen. But um, 10, 15, and then pick two people that are going to be your representatives in that group. Or one person, but one for support, yeah, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, so pick one person that you're going to, um, one or two people that are going to, everyone got that? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. I'm thinking that this, actually, no, I feel like this group is fine. Yeah, you're fine, you're fine, you're good. All right, everybody, you can turn your seats around, get comfortable, do what you're doing. And we are going to go sides My like God. never before. Hey, I heard the whispers on this side. <laughs> it's real good. It's real good. So we're going to... I love it because this is an opportunity for everyone to be able to hear also other people's perspective on the word. I think sometimes it's really edifying and just really inspiring just to hear what someone else has got to say. And you know what? The Gospels also show that, right? Same stories but different perspectives. Do you understand? And so it's good. There's something edifying about fellowship. I want us to keep that in mind. Community, fellowship, breaking of bread. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go to group one, Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Um, give a summary of the scripture and then your key takeaways. Wow. Toyin and Eniola. Hi. Um, morning, everyone. Morning. Afternoon. Afternoon, everyone. Um, so we basically read Matthew 14 from verses 20, no, verses 22 to 33. It's where Jesus walks on water. Um, wait, th can we have the questions back up, if that's okay? Sorry. God bless you. Because <laughs> I don't remember. Um, what resonates with you the most? So I think the main thing, I'm not, it's going to be difficult to remember all the points because we said a lot. But um, I think the main thing that resonated was that the disciples watched the wind and actually watched the waves. They were more concerned with the fact that the waves were very aggressive and it, there was a lot going on and they were, that was what they were concerned with and they forgot about the fact that Jesus had just fed the 5,000 rather than looking at the situation and remembering that Jesus had already done something amazing. The, the waves weren't enough of an issue to be stressed about and to be concerned about. And I think for me, I the Matthew has been very like, aggressive personally every time jesus like what's the word yes rebukes the disciples i feel i hear it it's like i can hear him talking directly to me like you have little faith it's like, okay i heard you the first time like i know um but i think it also speaks to the fact that a lot of the time we kind of look at our situation and we just focus on the situation itself. And you forget what Jesus has done maybe a month before, a year before, two years before. And I feel like God is always preparing us for our next season by what has happened in our previous season. Like we never enter a season realistically without being prepared for it. Um, but we only ever focus on the issue itself. And I think if anything, it's a reminder that when you're struggling and you're going through something or something looks really bad and you don't see how it can get any better, like God has already shown you that he's already good and he can already do great things. So why are you worrying about something that's happening now? Like I've prepared you for this. And I know like when I look back in hindsight, I always have a word for the season I'm entering. I had a word from the fast that we had last year around September for the season I was entering in October up until this point. But I only just remembered that in the last week and a half. But had I have taken time, like, okay, God, speak to me. What have you said? And looked back through my journal, and I think it also speaks to my journal and is so important. God has already prepared you a lot of the time for a season you're about to enter. Um, and the second question, what you learned about God through the text? Oh, 
to be fair, I kind of answered that already. Um, and how can you apply what you've read to your everyday life? Um, I think the main thing is to, is firstly reading your word and knowing your word, but also keep like, when you have good things, remember who gave it to you. Remember who provided for you. Remember who brought you out of it. You don't lose sight of that if you're focused on God and God alone. Um, and I think there was one main thing that kind of stood out to me in the scripture. And I think it's where the disciples thought it was a ghost approaching them on the water. So Peter replied, Lord, if it is really you, you command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Keep in mind, Peter had asked for this. Like he asked to, like he basically was testing God. That was him asking. And Jesus responded and said, come. So Peter got off the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the effects of the, wet, of the wind, he was frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately extended his hand and caught him and said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And I think there's so many main things in the way that it happened in the order. Firstly, Peter asked, and Jesus responded to what he was asking of him. And then when Jesus, when Jesus done what he asked of him, all of a sudden he looked at him and was like, okay, this is a bit mad. I don't know if I can do this anymore. But before he, can, well, no, before he rebuked him, he saved him. It said Jesus immediately extended his hand and then corrected him after. And I think it shows that God is so, so loving. That even the fact you, you asked for this and I answered and you didn't like the way it happened, I'm still going to save you but I'm going to also correct you straight after. And it was an immediate effect of his love. So amen. My God. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. Such a good word. Such a good that he asked for it. My gosh. There's a process to every promise that we have. Amen. Even verse 23, um, it says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. Like Jesus himself went away to pray by himself. And I think that's even an example to us. Like it's here, it's written there as an example to us. Like in the midst of Jesus being so busy and doing what he was doing, there was still time where he prayed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's amazing for him to maintain the level that he was even operating in. He had to go away to pray. And this is not, this is not the hours. He, it's not one hour, you know. This is hours of prayer that he was alone. And there is a point we have to get to where we are alone. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like alone. But anyway, that's, that's something else. Group two. I want to add something oh, go quickly. On. Go on. That was really good time by the way. So good. That's really good. And I think one of the key reasons why we have these stories is because we too are like Peter. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I like to understand why Peter did what he did, right? Uh, and the Bible says in verse 30, but when he saw, touch your neighbor and say saw, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. We're going to cut Peter some slack, amen? It's windy, guys. It's stormy. They see Jesus. They think it's a ghost. Peter's bold, amen? If it's you, tell me to come. So what's Peter doing? Peter actually walked on water, guys. So the miracle happened. But what happened? His eyes begin to move from what God said to what was happening around him. And it's beautiful because Tony gave an example about a word God gave in October. 
That's about one, two, five months ago. She remembered a week and a half ago. Not blowing you out. But that's what we do, guys. God spoke. Then life happened. So when the Bible says, watch and pray, he's asking you to speak, but keep your eyes peeled. Amen. Time is gone. Hallelujah. Group number two. Group two. We only need one. Only one. You got the notes. You're walking slow, fam. <laughs> yeah. Um, we spoke. Uh, we, we spoke about a couple of things. Um, I, I can't remember a lot. Um, so I'm just gonna speak, and then Iman will um, tell me the stuff that I missed out. Um, but can you, I can't watch chapter. What chapter? All right. One second, one second. <laughs> Azazel, let me help you out. Um, Matthew 15, right? Um, just read the first... Um, read the first oh, five verses. No, read from verses 8 to 10. That will give a bit of context. And then you can read 18 to 20. No problem. So verse 8 says, These people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. They worship, their worship is false, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then it says, Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your heart that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Was it verse to 12? Um, 18 to 20. Verse 18 to 20. Um... Then it says, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. Thank you. Um, and so one thing that we were speaking about is um, how easy it is. We, we always kind of speak about as Christians how easy it is for someone to kind of play church to play Christianity and to go home and to not really be the same person, let's just say Monday to Saturday kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then we were also saying how it's actually possible to go home, to pray, to fast, to read the Bible every day, um, and to still not be a Christian kind of thing, to still have your heart very far from God. And so we were speaking about how you go through periods of separation, periods of sanctification, like we did that whole season on um, spiritual diet. And... God was kind of just showing me that the aim of me having that time period of sanctification and that time period of fasting and that time period of praying, etc., is not for me to just tick a box, but it's actually for my heart to be transformed. And so if my heart isn't transformed during that time period, it doesn't make sense. As in, God doesn't want us to just tame ourselves, to just tame sin. It's not, it's not the aim of it. But then the aim is for us to actually be changed and transformed and to, to, to genuinely love him. And so we were relating it to like genuine everyday relationships in terms of if we were to have a friend or a partner who spends time with us, but deep down doesn't enjoy our company, it's not, it would hurt. But then it's the same, it's the same as us on a daily basis, being okay with deeply desiring to hurt the heart of God, but saying it's okay because I haven't done it. When people in the world at the same time abstain from stuff and do good things, it's not the same. It's genuinely the heart posture that makes the children of God. And we were saying one thing that we find encouraging is the reason God is saying it. 
He's not saying, oh, now you need to fix up your heart, so this is another thing you need to sort out. Rather, he's saying, the reason I want you to, to, to change your heart is because he cares, he doesn't care about the things we do, but he cares about us. It's like he doesn't want what we can do or what we can give him or just worship that glorifies him alone, but he genuinely desires us, which I find comforting because it's, it's similar to how the word says his goodness brings us to repentance and we love God because he first loved us. He genuinely desires us first. Um, we spoke about we spoke about a couple other things as well. Yeah. Yeah, Saze also gave a, a beautiful example about um, the parable of the banquet um, and how you had all these people invited to the banquet and then this one person gets in and he's not wearing the right clothes and the, guy, the king's like, how did you, like, how did you get in here? You know, you need to be casted out, all this other stuff. And obviously, Jesus was speaking about those who may come into the fold, but don't actually look like him. And so, you know, just relating it to Asasi's point just then, like, God is concerned with us actually looking like him, um, rather than just doing the stuff that other Christians do. Because in the end of the day, he, he's going to know. Like, he's going to look at us and say, no, that's not, that's not my son. I don't know that person, you know. Um, and then uh, one more thing was um, another example... Culture, that's it. That's it. So culture. Um, yeah, just speaking about the traditions of man and how sometimes we can keep up those traditions and nullify the power of God. I think um, we see that all throughout the nation and also just in our own lives as well, where like maybe churches are doing things just in the same way over and over and over again sometimes. And sometimes it's like we're not hearing what the spirit is saying and moving with the spirit. And therefore, the power of God is actually being nullified. And we do that in our own lives as well. Sometimes we uh, have set, maybe we have a set quiet time, right? And every single day I have to sit down for one hour in this one space and do this one thing. And God's like, ah, actually, like I'm over here today. You know, my power's over here today. This is what I want you to do today. And I think it's important to keep our hearts and ears open so that the Lord is the one who is changing us in those, in those times. So, um, mm, that's yeah, so that's pretty good. much it. That's so good. So good. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. You can actually make God's word that is most powerful of no effect in your life because you're more faithful to tradition. I'm just let that sink in for everybody. Hallelujah. Group number three. Who's your representative? Shanda. Hello, people of God. Oh, you can read the, the whole of your verses. Okay. Um, yeah, so ours was Matthew 16, verse 24 to 28. Um, and I'm reading from the NLT. It says, Then Jesus, and his Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you try to give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I will tell you the truth. Some standing, right, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Um, so I think really what the group kind of, well, just to give a summary because there were so many different points um, that were all equally as good, I think, it was just talking about the daily decision to deny yourself. Um, that was kind of like the one foundationary, like foundational theme um, regarding what, you know, what we said. And I think it's also like understanding 
that, okay, how do you practically, because it's, it's, it's kind of like a buzzword or a buzz phrase to say, deny yourself. You know, we've heard it so many times, but how do you do that practically every day? And it's honestly just investing into your relationship with God. It's one of those, the way God has made relationship and fellowship is that it's so sustainable. If you invest into it, you're also opened up into the sensitivity of the spirit. And so you're able to discern those moments. Like I think um, Moyo mentioned an example, like, you know, deciding to be on, you know, 6 a.m. prayers. You might get that one email in the morning that just completely spins you left, you know, because someone said something the wrong way or said it, you know, not addressing you in the right manner. And now you've almost, like, it, it's got you thinking about something else where the Lord was, you know, trying to tell you something or he was trying to inform you or give you an instruction regarding your day, how to address your day. Um, and I think that's, uh, okay, so another thing as well is, I think all of us, um, all of us in this room, we've kind of grown up in, in households that are um, accustomed to making sacrifices, to doing those, making those tough decisions. We've seen our parents do it and stuff, so we have that natural understanding of what it means to sacrifice. But the other side of the coin is also understanding the heart of God and understanding that, look, even if, yes, God says we should address every day as it comes, but if the day is too difficult, he's actually a generous father who has said in James, you know, that he is willing to give you wisdom. All you need to do is ask. Yeah. But then there's an instruction attached to that of, okay, if you do ask me, please be aware that if you do not, do, if you don't decide to follow, there's the other side of it where you'll be tossed to and fro with every single form of instruction or, as the Bible says, wind or wave that comes. Um, so I think, yeah, it's also understanding that, look, like, I need God. And the reality of it is also I need, to, I need to be disciplined. But in order to really be disciplined is understanding how much I need God. So it's that whole sustainable thing of, okay, God, just help me to deal with today. You know? And that's really what denying yourself is. It's actually having the humility to say, Lord, I cannot do this today. You know? So therefore, I need you. And you know, kind of going through that. So good. Amen. Powerful, man. Powerful. And by the way, guys, this is the foundation of being a Christian. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And you know what's deep about the scripture, babes, is that he says that you can actually gain the world. That's the deception, guys, that your life may still work, but it won't be what God said. So I don't want you guys to think that if you don't follow God, it means your life's going to be rubbish. You may enjoy life in this life, but you pay the price later. Amen. <laughs> but the power here is that God says to win, you have to lose. To win, you have to lose. To win, you must first lose. To win, you must first lose. Losing means saying no. Losing means denying self. Losing means surrender. And God says in the kingdom, when you lose, you actually win. So don't let the loss that you may be experiencing right now, where God's telling you to give up some stuff, make you feel like you're losing up, you're actually winning. You're storing up treasures that won't be stolen. Amen. Amen. And I think it's really good. That's so good. Thank you, um, group three. Really, really good points. Um,
I think in verse 27, it says, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. And that verse speaks to us as believers that we are not, we're not going to be judged like the world. We're going to be, we're not going to be judged according to our sin. Rather, we're going to be judged according to our works. And so here in this process of that foundation of us being disciples, followers, and, you know, you're going to read it later on in Matthew 25 about, you know, the gift of the, the, the talents, the parable of the talents, right? Like that was more to do, that's more to do with us more than ever. What have you done with what God said? So this denial process is also bringing us to a place where we're producing not only fruit, a.k.a. character fruit, but fruit multiplying what God has given. If he were to judge what you have now. And this is what it means to be eternally minded, heavenly minded, rather than earthly minded. This is not about I'm I'm yielding my life and I'm producing fruit in my lifestyle, but also in what he has said. And so disobedience has a much greater knock-on effect than like an immediate manifestation. What did you do with, and that should put the fear of the Lord in us. Because even now, when I think about it, I'm like, Rah, if I was to stand before God and he was going to judge me according to, is it, this is now shifting our perspective to not just now, but eternally. So good. And the prayer right now should be, even right now, let's even just pray that prayer like, Lord, yeah. help me to be eternally minded. Give me the grace to be eternally minded. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. That every gift, every talent, every idea, every yeah. skill to yeah. be used for your kingdom, to yeah. advance your kingdom, Lord. Yeah. Whether it be in my workplace, whether it be in my home, Heavenly Father, give me the grace yeah. to deny myself, yes, Lord. to pick up my cross, yeah. and to say yes to your will, yeah. to follow you in all of my pursuits, God. Yeah. yeah, let's even pray, Lord, help me to grow in the fear of the Lord, yeah. in a reverence for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I feel that so heavy in the room. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with what God gave you, yeah. with what he said for you to do in this season? Yeah. yeah, like disobedience is far greater, has a far greater impact. Yeah, Lord, give us grace to walk in line. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Group four. Group four. I think it was. I even want to say A&T, our visitor has come for the first time. I feel like first I should start. And, she, and she's been thrown right Get into the start. fire right there. I'm looking at my exit strategy. <laughs> I'm ready to go. It's all I'm right, just going to stand on the X, isn't it? Yes. It's like I'm on the X Factor. My son today will be break every chain. No, I'm sorry. Um, they should have given me the mic. What am I going to do? Okay. So we were given a Matthew 17 verses 14 to 21. Could you um, read it? Of yeah. course I can. Thank you. Um, and I need to apologize to my group. I read NLT and it didn't have a verse in it. So that's not me. That's the translator's fault. So I'll add the proper verse in. Um, 
And when they, came, when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast this out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Yes. Um, and so we were really having a good time in our group. I don't know about y'all, but we were, we were in our own party. Um, and there were a few things that came out of it. And so um, the first thing is that Jesus' rebuke, it did, it did us too. I felt that. I said, oh, we were saying that, like, if we came to Jesus and said, Jesus, could you heal my son? Jesus rebuked us. I'd be like, mm-mm. It's okay, I take it back. I need my receipt and the refund, I'm gone. Um, but actually, when I looked at a different translation, which actually speaks to, I think somebody was saying different translations were ministering to them. I feel like God is really speaking. The rebuke actually comes as, where is your faith? Can't you see how wayward and wrong this generation is? How much longer do I stay with you and put up with your doubts? Bring your son to me. And we were saying that Jesus' rebukes were because he had already taught the disciples. Okay. People had already seen what Jesus could do, and he had taught them. Jesus didn't come to the earth to say, I'm going to do, 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 and then peace out, by cut the camera. He was really like, I'm teaching you so you can go forward. The reason why they could say that we went to your disciples is because Jesus had equipped his disciples and sent them out. They weren't, they weren't going out because they said, yeah, I'm Jesus' mate. Like, give me your list and I'll come back with the results. It was like, Jesus said, I've given you the power you've been taught. Now go and do as you've been taught. Um, and it was interesting because we were saying that how sometimes, and it's become Christian culture where we're very much like, Jesus has taught us, and yet we still go back to Jesus saying, Jesus, how do I do this? Jesus, I'm sick. <laughs> Heal me. Jesus, I'm this. Oh, Jesus, my mom is sick. What am I going to do? Heal me. Give me a word. And it's like, but it's all there. I've taught you. So go and do. Um, and it actually reminded us of, and this verse, as I was thinking about what I was going to share, um, this verse came back to me, the verse that was about babes go back for milk because they're babies. But when you grow up, you don't need that milk anymore because you know you've been taught, you've been fed. Um, and I think sometimes we do that as Christians. We tell ourselves that, oh, we're, we're reading the word, but we're not activating it in our lives. And that's real. And, and we were saying that, you know, John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so if we can read that and know that the word was alive and is alive, how do we not take what the word has taught us, what the word has been planted in our hearts as real and true and activatable? Um, and then we also talked about the fact that, you know, the, they went to the disciples and the disciples couldn't do it. And sometimes in Christian culture, I just keep saying Christian culture, but we should really be saying ourselves. I'm trying to deflect, clearly, <laughs> clearly. Um, but sometimes we, 
sometimes we say to ourselves, that, okay, we've got the word, but we still need Jesus to do it. And Jesus would not have gone back to heaven and gone back to glory if he had not given us what we had already needed. Um, and me, I'm guilty of this one. My baptism verse was Galatians 2.20. And I said, yeah, for I have died and I've been raised to life with Christ. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. But then when it comes to actually moving in the power that Christ has given us, I'm going back to Jesus. I said, Jesus, look, I know I said I died, but I'm, <laughs> I don't have that power. And, um, and that's the whole reality that when we die, when we, when we die to ourselves, Christ lives in us. In John 15, it says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. And so we were talking about the very moment we tell ourselves that, okay, we're going to pray, but we don't have faith that God will do it. We're believing in our own power and not God's. We're believing that, like, Jesus died and was raised to life and has given us power. And yet we're still here trying to make it happen ourselves. And that's not the reality we live in. Um, and so we know the word, but we don't live as though the word is alive. And then I'll, I'll go on to these final points that faithlessness is when we see that Jesus has taught us, but we keep going back over and over again to go and ask for what he's already given us. And we've got a really useful analogy, like someone going up to you saying, oh, do you have a pound? And they say, yeah, of course I've got a pound. You're like, are you sure you've got a pound? Are you sure you've got that pound? The pound is even in your hand. Are you sure the pound is there and it's there, but we don't believe it. We're not actually living out that truth um and i'm going to talk about christian culture again because my deflecting continues <laughs> but like even in our culture we've began a culture of begging we were saying that like sometimes we'll be praying 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 as if praying is going to be the formula of like god doing something but god like when we go to god and we say we're going to pray as if we're begging to you we're telling ourselves god is a reluctant god and there's nowhere in the bible that god has said that i'm not willing to give you what you ask for so <laughs> That was our group, group four. Thank you. But like, and that's that's the mindset we have. It's not only about asking, not uh, it's not only about asking, but it's believing. Are you like, what are you actually believing? Are you believing that God will will do that thing by you begging, or are you believing God is a reluctant God, so you have to beg? That's a real. I'm contending with that this week. I don't know about y'all, but I am. Um, and then the final point that I will say is that. I was actually watching a TikTok, which we were discussing, but please, I beg, TikTok, God is working on me with it. But um, th there was this girl that she was saying that God revealed to her and God said to her that, like, what you're doing, like, whenever you're praying to me, you think what you're doing is praying to me, but actually you're trying to manipulate me. And she went on to explain that, like, she, she basically was serving God, seeking God, doing all of these things to try and like be right in, right in God's eyes. And God was actually like to her, no, you think you're trying to manipulate me because you think you've created a formula. You think if I put one plus one and two and then you times that by two is four, quick math. No, God was actually like, God, I, I live in memes, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't speak Robert English, I speak TikTok, unfortunately. But, like, God, is, God was saying to her, and I think this is what we really saw from that verse, that God was saying that, like, it's not about creating a formula. You don't, you don't put prayer inside of the bottle and then you add, a bit of, you add a bit of the word and you think that, okay, I've done all of the things and now God will do because that's us saying that, okay, God, we figured you out. Don't worry about your power anymore. I've got you. I've got you. I've gotten the, I've gotten the trick, God. So I'm going to give you a little prayer, tell you your word is true, and then I'm going to go and, like, that's going to happen. And God's like, no, 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 because that's you thinking that it's in your own power. And the thing that I need you to boast about is me, not you. So all of this sort of formula thing, 
thing you're trying to do God and God is saying hello I don't know what that is it's us trying to say that okay God we have worked you out and so we're going to use a formula to figure you out instead of trusting that it's your power doing it not us um so that's the end of our our except Shabbos. Hey, hey. My God. Holy Ghost. I love it. I love Praise it. Man. Wow. I love it. Wow. <laughs> she said too much. <laughs> Wait. Wow. Manipulate God. <laughs> wow. That was so good. Mm. What, what can you even say to that? You know, I'm trying to find a word. Say? What can you say? What can you say? No, but I think it's really, really powerful in Jeez. terms of... Let me just go to the scripture real quick. It was Matthew 17. It was a good word. She's preached it. Wow. She's preached it. She's so, preached it. So but <laughs> I, I love, I love how... You know, it says in verses 21, it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Mm. You know, the power of God is always going to hinge upon your ability to consecrate yourself. Okay. That intimacy with God. Okay. Like, it's mm. intimacy is the key. In order for you to even be in that space where, you know, bless that young lady being able to recognize raw God, you're saying that this is manipulation, intimacy. Yeah, that's good. So she caught a revelation, but if it were not for the intimacy, would she get to that point? That's so good. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think there's something to be said. And I believe God is, I feel it's strong. God is calling us to a place of intimacy. Yeah. But also for the power of God to be, listen, the book of Matthew really speaks, um, to the kingdom of God, mm. you know, and that and the advancement of his kingdom. Mm. And when we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about his rule and reign being expressed through us as individuals. Mm. And so essentially it's saying, however, this expression of my kingdom can only happen by fasting and praying. Hmm. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm. I, I know you're waiting for God to do something, but you do something. You lay hands. You speak to the family member. You be bold in your workplace. You live the lifestyle that is a witness of what he's doing in your life so it can be a witness unto other. You, you. express the kingdom of God. Oh my God. He's given us the keys to the kingdom, the authority. When Christ died and he rose again, there was an exchange. Yeah. There was a new order. We heard about that last week. A new order. So we are vehicles of change. Amen? Amen. And so I want to quickly go to this scripture because it speaks so... Man, we could be here all day and I'm mindful of time is gone. <laughs> but Colossians 3 verses 1, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on the earth. Again, eternally minded. Verses 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden in your life. So the life you think you want, you haven't, it, it, that's not it. 
because it's in Christ. And in order for you to really find your life, you have to lose, you have to relinquish what you thought you had and come into him to find it so that you can then express who he is in the earth. It, it's all interlinked, people of God. It's all interlinked. It's all interlinked. And this, this talk on faith, the only way we can raise our faith is through our trust in God, our, like being in him. You can't fully move in the power and the faith that is required for you to even believe him enough if you are not intimate. Intimacy. And we discover God through the word. So maybe it's not that you're not praying enough. You're just not in the word enough. And the word is telling you more about who he is. Okay. It's not, an, it's not about 6 a.m. prayers. It's about do you really know God? Are you really intimate? Because we opened up the scriptures, and this God speaks to us through the word. We've opened up the scriptures. Things have been happening in the room. The fear of the Lord came down. What are you doing with your life? Is it glorifying? Do you have enough? Just bam, bam, slapping us back and forth <laughs> in this place. And we just read the scriptures. We just opened up the word. Do you get what I'm saying? Is everyone, are you tracking with me? Yes, ma'am. But there's a, there's a point where this cruising in your faith is not going to do anymore. You're on cruise control. Hmm. Like, and the disciples, there was a point where they've come to heal a boy. And it's like, yeah, you were with me, but there's another level now, prayer and fasting. Okay. So, yeah, that was that that manner was good for that, but there is a new thing, mm -hmm. and it requires more sacrifice. Mm. Mm. We just open up the scriptures, y'all. Mm. This is why daily bread is important. Mm. Amen. Amen. I'll let the man of God go, and then I'm, I've got two uh, prophetic words. And no, then we're you, gonna you can finish. Are oh, you we'll, sure? We'll, we'll be here till five p.m. Oh wow. <laughs> 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 No, but I just, I just, I want us to just stand to our yeah. feet. Was everyone blessed today? Yes. And I want us, just before I go into that, into our prayer portion, I want us to make a note of these three. You don't need to move the chairs, guys. Just leave them. Um, I want us to use this as a guideline when we're reading the word now. You can use just one of the questions, two of the questions. Where we'll email them out as well. Um, but I just want us to just begin to just pray in the spirit. And if you're unable to do so, you can just speak and pray in that heavenly language. Just begin to honor the Lord. Just begin to glorify him. Yeah, Lord, we just worship you.